In this episode of the Radio Rayburn Podcast, we talk with Matt Hearn, Vice President of Operations on RGC's Training and Development Program, the Academy. Back in 2020, we decided to make career development more purposeful and intentional with a continued commitment to building people. The purpose of the Academy is simple and straightforward, to provide high quality training and development opportunities for our people to get better. We divide the Academy into five key areas, safety, QAQC, operational development, personal development, and community. To give you a glimpse and behind the scenes look, of some classes coming up, we have our first field focus class in March that takes a look at punch list, above ceiling, life safety, and this class will be led by Chris Thompson, our QC manager, Jeff Chambers, RGC's director of safety, and Chase Smitherman, safety coordinator, will be doing on-site training as select project related to ladders, stairways, and stilts. We'll also be giving an employee benefits overview related to insurance, health, and supplemental. We'll talk about 401k, FSA, and HSA. And to round us out for the month of March, our safety team will be conducting a scaffolding competent person training. Our goal for the Academy in 2022 is to make it a participatory learning experience for everyone. In order to do this, we encourage people's commitment and involvement and attention. And of course, you only get out of it what you put into it. Thank you for your investment in a better RGC. Now, let's head into interview with Matt Hurd. Matt, welcome to the Radio Raven podcast. Excited to have you with us today. And before we get into and focus on our training and development program, which we call the Academy, um, really want you to take us back into your story, uh, your introduction in construction and um, and how you got where you are today. So again, thanks for being here with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, glad to be here. Thanks for thanks for the invite. Um, I've enjoyed the series so far, so excited to see where this goes going forward. But yeah, um, you know, I think my introduction to this business was similar to a lot of folks that are in this business. Um, it was exposure at a young age. Uh, my dad, uh, growing up in Birmingham, owned a, a small glass business of his own, started it on his own, actually the year I was born, um, and grew that business um to a point to where he um was doing a lot of residential construction shower doors and mirrors and those kinds of things uh in and around birmingham so growing up i was around that uh and then when i got old enough and um i would start working in the summers with him uh, so you know i'd be in and out of houses and custom homes in birmingham and mountain brook and graystone when that area was coming up and i was just enamored walking into those houses and those customs home, custom homes and, and really enjoyed uh, getting to see that process. Um, so that was kind of my introduction to the business, working with my hands, with my dad. What age did you start working with your dad? Uh, so he put me to work at 14. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he put me to work. Um, you know, I was always around his shop doing something, but I was really starting to started going around 14. And then uh you know really 16 when i could start driving um, i actually co-opted in high school uh, as well as in college but um so i would work or i would go to school for half a day and go to work with my dad for for a half a day um when the opportunity came up and then obviously in the summers um you know that's tough working for your dad i mean uh some of us 
have have done that before in the past and you know you get a lot of weight on your shoulders you know you can't mess things up so uh it's interesting how that dynamic is over the years but he still owns the business still uh he's kind of scaled back he's getting ready to retire but uh, that's where i cut my teeth um so uh, you know after that uh, you know i started looking at auburn and and really didn't know what i wanted to do for a career but i, I know i knew i wanted to be around construction in some form or fashion so when i declared at auburn i declared for civil engineering um came down for camp war eagle and uh, met a guy at camp war eagle who was going to be building science and i had no idea that there was even a program for that um didn't have that you know that guidance didn't know just came down civil engineering that sounds great guys um but there was an introductory um i, I guess they were doing some sort of um introduction to the program while i was here at camp war eagle so uh, ended up going to that uh, introduction and and sitting there in a group of you know 300 folks in this auditorium and they're telling us about the building science program uh, and the more they talked like the more it, it piqued my interest and i said you know this is really where i should be not not in civil engineering this is this is what i want to do um so walked out of there uh, went and saw an advisor and and changed my major to building science so before i even got down to auburn that's what i was doing um and then you know went through the normal course of uh you know the pre-building science classes and um then you know made my way up into the program um took me a couple of tries to get accepted into the building science program it's competitive now i probably would have never got in these days <laughs> is how competitive it is uh, but it was competitive back then too, and and uh, so it took me a couple of tries. I got a business minor while I was waiting to get in. Uh, finally got in in the summer, and um, you know I, I think like a lot of people in our business, once you get into that uh, meat and potatoes, get into the core curriculum of building science, it really you really take off. My GPA was a heck of a lot better <laughs> <laughs> once I got into the actual building yeah. science classes. So. Um, so yeah, then then really from there, um, at that point, uh, I was still eyeballing the residential construction industry. Um, that's kind of just where my mind was. Um, but coming in in the summer, we we uh, we were part of the co-op program, so I had to choose where to 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 uh, do some interviews and choose where to go. Um, have a co-op semester. Um, and that really opened up my eyes to the, the GC world, the commercial construction. Um, and just by pure chance, uh, got connected with a general contractor in Birmingham uh, that does healthcare construction. Um, really didn't have an interest in that. I just was looking for a job. Um, so started with those guys, did my first uh, internship or co-op down in Naples, Florida on a 90 million dollar hospital had no idea what i was getting myself into um got down there got around some good guys uh, that really cared about uh teaching people and um they took me under their wing and even though it was a short you know four and a half months stint down there i learned more in those four and a half months than i ever learned in school up until that point um and that really opened up opened up my eyes to what i want to do um fell in love with healthcare construction 
the nuances of, of of that part of what we do and and the sophistication of those buildings. Um, you know, we we say it a lot, um, but uh, a lot of times, you know, we're not building a Swiss watch. You know, I mean, it, construction is, you know, by its nature, there's cutting and fitting and those kinds of things. But in that healthcare world, it was there's there's those new nuances to to really planning and understanding uh, code and and you know what's coming um, with inspectors and and there's a, there's a special care to that. So spent uh, three three internships. Uh, two were in the in the field. Uh, one was project management operations. Um, both field internships were down in, in South Florida, ironically, uh, and then spent an internship in Nashville. Um, and then, you know, when I came out of school, it was it was 2008. I mean, it was right in the, the housing market crisis. Um, I got offered a job with the company that I was working for at the time, and, and it was a good opportunity. And I think that 2008, 2009 area was about the first time that Auburn Building Science never or hadn't had 100% placement of people. I mean, people were um, struggling to find jobs, but I was fortunate enough to to be brought on um, full time after thesis and started in healthcare and and grew from there. Um, first job out of school was in Mississippi, and and then it was a a patient tower addition and a NICU and we were tying into a hospital is a very complex job and and really truthfully fell in love with mm. with the healthcare construction mm. from there and and, and uh, took off. I appreciate you, sh you sharing your story with us and Amen. and uh, kind of want to transfer away from that and, and talk about that uh, some things you're passionate about your sure. um, personal professional um, it's one reason why you, you helped lead the academy, um, but want to get into that. What what are you what are you passionate about uh, professionally and personally? Um, you know, man, honestly, Jacob, I think uh, part of the reason I'm involved in the academy is exactly what I'm passionate about in in a professional world is uh, building people, uh, building a company, uh, getting better uh, at what we do. Uh, day to day, I, I really enjoy, um, you know, the the part of our our business where we get to solve problems, and it's 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 you know it's like putting puzzle pieces together when you when you build a building, um, and all those things are great. But I think one of the most rewarding things we can do uh, is building others and building uh, each other up. Um, you know, when you when you train somebody. Um, to do something and you train them to do it the right way, um, you really get rewarded. I mean, the, the rewards are exponential because they're going to train the next person the right way. Um, and, and so you start seeing your footprint, um, not only in this business, but uh, in the industry. Um, and, and that's critical to, to, to what we're doing and critical to our success. And, and I know that's kind of cliche. We're here to talk about, you know, yeah, the academy, yeah, and that's no. part of the reason you asked me to be here. But I am passionate about uh, building people. I, I, I think that's um, that's one of the most rewarding things for me. Um, and then personally, um, 
you know, I'm passionate about my family. Um, we're days away from my third kid um, being born, a uh, baby boy after two girls first. So, um, you know, I'm passionate about my family. I love my family. I love spending time with them, um, getting to go and, and uh, raise kids and, and have my family be a part of it. My my kids are the first grandkids on either side of Kelsey and I's family. So they get a lot of attention, <laughs> a lot of attention. Um, but then second to that uh, is really the outdoors. I think that's a common thread around here uh, oh, yeah. specifically a lot of guys a lot of guys around here would love to hunt uh love to fish uh, i love to play golf i'm terrible at it but uh i, I love playing and, and getting a chance to play uh, i've made some very valuable relationships on a golf course <laughs> so uh, but yeah that's that's what i'm passionate about well in your role as, as vice president on the operations side you lead several projects and um Getting into those, what are some consistent challenges you see um, not, with RGC projects, but also the industry as a whole? And then also, we have a lot of great things going on, too. Yeah. So uh, maybe touch on, on those two topics. That would be great. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess from a high level, um, one of the biggest challenges we faced, and I, I think we've had a couple guys discuss it previously, but it's been, you know, the, the new new age, the new market, uh, the new conditions as it relates to a pandemic. Um, we've had such fundamental shifts in the way we've had to do things um, that is really against the grain of the natural progression of, of projects, whether it's buyout, whether it's procurement, whether it's scheduling. You have to always be cognizant, not that we were or we were not before of material lead times and those kinds of things, but it's really so dynamic in the market today that you may have something that that you always thought you could rely on is going to be on time. Um, and then all of a sudden that time doubles and, and, and we're having to react to those things in real time. And then we're also shifting you know, we, we have to shift how we how we buy projects and, and, and how we interact with subcontractors and owners. And um, it causes a lot of um, direct communication, clear communication. And Rich really leads me to the other part of the challenges that, that we see or that I see is communication is, is, is such an important part of what we do. Um, I think the nature of society today is um, lends itself to to really electronic forms of communication and it's emails and it's text messages and um, you know it's difficult to pick up the phone and call somebody and have a tough conversation it's even more difficult to do it in person across the table uh, and we can't stress that enough whether whether we're having discussions with our clients or, or owners um, or subcontractors or our own people how we communicate uh, is critical and it's always a challenge. It, it never fails when when there's a problem on a job, whether small or large, um, difficult or easy. Usually, the root uh, of the problem is communication. It, it's either we didn't communicate correctly, um, or, we, or we haven't over communicated what we need um, needs or, or wants or desires or uh, challenges, and and we we've got to. We've got to always understand that that how we communicate matters, um, you know, electronic or in person and, and all of that matters. 
but we also got to be clear communicators and tell people what our problems are and what our needs are. Um, I can tell you in this business, there's a lot of very, very smart people um, from top to bottom all over. Uh, and, and even when we get in uh, project leadership meetings or uh, training discussions, uh, communication matters and, and having people communicate matters because our shared experience and um, really tells a lot or, or we can really gain a lot by leaning on shared experience. And that's all communication. You know, if you're if you're in front of somebody, if you're having a discussion, whether it's over lunch, just discussing, you know, Auburn losing a basketball game, or if it's, um, you know, on the weekends fishing or whatever it is, communicating those those problems, man. There's always somebody out there that's been been through it, mm. um, and and that's why I think it's important to to talk. Um, and communicate. So, th and that's that's certainly a challenge. I mean, from the job level to the guy that's uh, you know shooting grade with his rodman out there, um, to to the the business deals, uh, to issues with your owner. Communication is key. Need mm. this effort, um, and as we start year two in 2022, which is so exciting to think about. Take us back to the history of the program. Why why do we have a training program? Why why does it exist? Uh, and what are you excited about as we just kick this thing off and get it going? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, one thing I will say is, uh, and, and I missed touching on it on your last question about our successes, and I want to make sure we, we hit on that. Um, quality control has been a major success around here. We are building better buildings than we were three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. Uh, and all of that is because we have a process put in place uh, and we're paying attention to those things and we're checking them and we're constantly getting better. Um, and, and that kind of parlays into, you know, why the academy was formed. Um, we touched on communication and, and talking and shared experiences. Um, that's the purpose of the academy. Um, we're, we are, um, we started it in 2021 when we identified a need in 2020, basically. The, the, the years previous, a couple of years previous to that, we implemented, uh, we started developing and, and really truly implementing uh, best practices. And, and, and we had identified a need for best practices, some guidelines to, to how we operate as a business, um, which really drives our, our culture and how we do things and what our expectations are. Um, so out of those best practices, um, when we got to the end of, of our book, so to speak, and we said, all right, here's our guidelines, we really reflected on that and said, uh, well, you know, now we need to we need to train on those guidelines. Not everybody is comfortable with those those things. Um, so let's get them. Not only do we need to get them out there, we need to train people on how that's done. Um, you know, I think when the academy was was derived, it's really based on you know our success factor of building people um you know if we develop best practices and we just put those out into the business uh, and our expectation is that it's just going to happen uh, well that's an that's an unrealistic expectation we put the academy together in order to to i guess really create a a shared experience for everyone to create consistency in what we're doing um, and to train people from 
the most seasoned veterans all the way down to the guys uh, who are just coming into the business so they can have a guideline um, on how to learn to do things better. Um, and then really just circling back to bring those best practices to life and, and daily work. Um, so it, it's been a it's been a rewarding first year. I'm excited about 2022. I think we've changed. Uh, we've added a couple of new classes. Uh, we're going to always touch on the the uh, the favorites or, or really the ones that are core to us. Um, we're always going to touch on those those topics, but we've added some new stuff in 22, and and I'm I'm excited to to bring in some some new teachers and some uh, some industry professionals and 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 really share knowledge. I didn't mention this to you or put it in a question, but let's talk a little bit about briefly about the the leadership development program. Yeah. Um, at RGC that has just been implemented and started in 2022. Um, and, and the purpose behind that and what we're what we're trying to get out of that and um, what, what the end result is for really the next generation of, of leaders. Yeah, so really that was developed. We we took 2021. I think we we uh, we learned a lot of lessons in 21. And one of those lessons we learned is we had kind of taken a shotgun approach to leadership. Um, we blasted some stuff out there and it's good content and and um, it's important um you know to 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 broadcast to everyone but we when we came together to review the program and and you'll remember this we 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 sat down and we discussed you know are we being intentional enough about developing leaders within the business um and, and i think we both derived the 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 same answer which was which was no i think we we really need to be intentional um, and and be laser focused, and instead of a shotgun, we need a sniper rifle. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's let's identify, um, you know, key personnel um, that's shown an interest in leadership um, that that want to be a part of that, um, and and let's engage them on a very personal, deep level, um, to where we can give them the tools they need to grow as leaders. Um, you know, and. I think this is this will absolutely be a yearly thing. We're going to do this every year. There's going to be a new crop of folks that come in, and so I think eventually we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to everyone, and everyone will get this opportunity. Um, but it's important to um, to to touch folks on an individual level when it comes to this. I, I don't think we can. I think we realize that you can't you can't put leadership training in a in a can, um, which I think a lot of folks try to do, um, I don't learn that way. Um, so, you know, I, I'm excited about the leadership program. I think I think we'll get some some really good benefit out of it. It's a year long thing. Uh, Steve Knox is running it for us this year. Steve's fantastic with uh, with people and just um, digging things out of you. Uh, we've already had our first session this year uh, and in those couple of hours, uh, just the the body language and the conversation around the table was was fantastic and so i'm really excited for this group of guys and and i'm also excited for the next group of guys um, to be able to come through this program well, that's great as we conclude uh, our episode here on the podcast anything that you would like to say a little open open mic uh, <laughs> to, to finish this out i'll say this is specifically related to the academy um, and, and I know it's it's really cliche to say, but 
you, you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. Um, so I would encourage everyone this year to really lean into it, come to the training uh, sessions uh, with an open mind, uh, ready to discuss the topics and ask questions. Uh, the folks that will be with you in that room are your partners and your peers, uh, and they want to help you. So I would encourage everyone to really, really lean into it this year um, and just be a part of it. Be a part of it. Well, Matt, it's been great to have you on uh, this episode of the Radio Raven Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to tell us your story um, as well as get into the academy. So, so thank you again. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, for sharing your story. And thank you for your leadership with the academy. In our next podcast in March, we plan to mix it up a little bit and speak with some of our partners outside of our GC. As always, thank you for being a part of this journey with us, and we'll talk to you soon.